0: Welcome to the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda. As director of a life coach training and certification program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve our skills and the industry. Learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program at TeamCLCC.com. That's T E A M C L C C.com. And here's today's episode. Hey, hey there, it's Kate, and we are officially in Season 3, which is so awesome. And today we are talking about helping clients to change their habits. Now, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart in particular because after years of being a coach, after years of building a business, after years of studying all kinds of different approaches for working with clients, something kind of crazy amazing happened. A lifelong dream of mine. <gasps> I signed a book deal. This is like super, super exciting for me. I I have to tell all of you because if you had asked me when I was a little girl what I wanted to do when I grew up, I would have told you that I wanted to write books. So for years, I sent in my proposals and they got rejected. And (laughs) so I tried again and, you know, kept at it. And finally, um had had signed a book deal with a publisher. That actually happened, by the way, almost two years ago <laughs> because um, the traditional publishing industry moves at kind of a glacial pace compared to the online world. And um, I wrote the book. I worked with editors. And my book, The Courage Habit, will be on shelves as of May 2018. And of course, if you would like to, you can head on over to Amazon and you can order it by just simply typing The Courage Habit into the search box. Simple, easy peasy, right? And there are a bunch of pre-order bonuses that are happening for the Courage Habit. So if you are listening to this prior to when it's officially out into the world, make sure you head over to couragehabit.com and look around and see what the pre-order bonuses are because uh, you might really, really like them. Um, But back to the topic for today's show. Um, How do our clients create habits and how do they change habits? I mean, this is really fundamental to what it is that we do as coaches, right? When I was writing the book, The Courage Habit, I was doing all kinds of research into habit formation because the thing that was foremost on my mind was that it it wasn't, it's not so much that people say, I want to be more courageous. Or even so much that people have trouble always tapping into their courage. What I was noticing more often than not was that people were feeling like they had to struggle to stay courageous. So they would be courageous. They would, they would, you know, do something that was very brave for them. Like they would, I don't know, decide that they're going to change careers and become a life coach. I Hear this story a lot from people who join the Courageous Living Coach certification. So, people would want to um, do something bold and they would take some kind of a step into that direction. But then what? Something would happen that would have them lose their nerve or have them back off or derail them. Now, I've noticed for years and years and years, you know, I've been a coach for more than a decade and If you are a coach for any length of time, you will see that this is really common. People actually tend to be pretty good at saying, here's what I do want, and here's what I don't want any more of, and here are my ideas for how things could be different. People are less good at sustaining the action that it takes to get all the way to the end goal of what they desire. And that's when I started to really look at habit formation. What are the habits that are more fear-based habits? And what are the habits that promote courage? And I did not even know this when I began writing the book, but there is actually a field of study in psychology that looks at the psychology of courage. That field of study looks at things beyond what I look at. You know, that field of study looks at courage as, for for instance, acts of valor, like running into a burning building to save someone who's dying. And that's, you know, not the kind of courage that I talk to clients about in my life coaching practice, right? Um, The courage that I tend to talk to clients about in my life coaching practice is stuff like... The courage to be more of who you truly know that you are, or the courage to speak up when you have a difficult family member, or the courage to um, travel the world, because it's always been a a long-term desire that's really close to your heart. But there's an actual psychology of courage, and then that led me down the rabbit hole of looking at habit formation. So I'm going to break down for you how habits are actually formed. And of course, this is not just information that would be helpful for anybody who wants to work with a client. This is information that's helpful for, say, you, the person who's listening to this. So habits are controlled largely by a part of the brain called the basal ganglia. And I think of the basal ganglia as being sort of like a project manager. If you're a project manager, you have a lot of people coming to you saying this needs to be taken care of, and then you have to delegate to those people, here's what we're going to do when, and here's how we're going to do it. You're not the one necessarily carrying out the tasks. The basal ganglia has a similar kind of a role, I guess you could say, in the brain. A lot of impulses are coming at the basal ganglia as you encounter things throughout your day. And the basal ganglia loves routine because if it recognizes an impulse and can go, oh yes, I've seen this before. Here's what we do when we see this. It's a lot less work for the brain. If you encounter stress, your basal ganglia is probably going to want to have you handle that stress as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. And that, some of you might already be picking up on this, That is not always helpful in terms of our longer-term desires. Sometimes we want to change something about ourselves, and we don't want to go the super easy route. We actually want to change something for the better. So why does change feel so hard? Well, A lot of times it's because we've got fear-based habits that we are very, very practiced at. Habits run on a cue, routine, reward loop. There's a cue, which in this example could be the thing that's very stressful. There's a routine, which is the response to the stress. And there's the reward, which is the moment of feeling an alleviation of stress. People have fear-based habits that are actually these routines that they go into in response to feeling afraid, feeling stressed. I'll give you an example perfectionism. Perfectionism is, by the way, my, my number one (laughs) fear-based routine that I go into that I need to be present to so that I can instead, you know, notice, oh, I don't want to go into that fear-based routine. I'd like to choose something that promotes courage, courageous based courage-based habits instead. Perfectionism is rampant as a fear-based routine. People feel stress, like, I don't know if this big dream that I really, really want to happen is going to happen. They go into a routine of perfectionism. They work themselves relentlessly. They work themselves to the point where it's not even fun anymore. And they get the reward sometimes of succeeding, but at least in the short term of feeling in control. Now in the long term, perfectionism is counter to what you actually desire, perfectionism exhausts you more than it gets you what you want. But your basal ganglia is going, what do we need to do to alleviate stress? Ah, yes, when we are stressed, we feel better when we feel in control, okay, Q is stress and feeling some fear, routine, perfectionism, ah, reward, okay, this is not necessarily great but I feel a little more in control. With habits, we can get stuck in those habits over and over and over and over again. And it can be really, really frustrating for clients that you work with because they might be going, why is it that I keep getting stuck in the same thing over and over and over? Understanding something about how habits work can be the key to letting some of those habits go. Now, in the courage habit, I get into much more detail into the different types of fear-based routines that people go into. Perfectionism is one of them martyrdom is another, martyrdom is a really common response actually to people, for people right after they declare what they want. They'll declare that they want something big and bold for themselves and then within a couple weeks they're going, oh, you know, I would have worked on that project, but I just, I really had to help out with the PTA and, you know, just my husband is under a lot of stress right now. It just wasn't the time for me to be taking so much time for myself. Um, self-sabotage is another really common response to the stress that can come from going after a big dream or making a big life change. And the differentiation that I make between martyrdom and self-sabotage is that martyrdom is all about people pleasing and deferring to other people's needs. Self-sabotage can show up a little bit differently, like deciding that you're going to finally write that book that you've always wanted to write. and then unintentionally and unconsciously self-sabotaging it by talking to the absolute worst, most negative, wet blanket kind of a person that you could possibly talk to about your big dream of writing a book. Anybody know that routine? I've done it before. And then, of course, there's pessimism, having a really, really big dream and then quickly going into, oh, well, it's not going to work out anyway. I should be realistic. Now, these fear routines that I've been describing, like perfectionism, martyrdom, self-sabotage, pessimism, everybody goes into these fear routines at least a little bit somewhere. It's not that, that there's one that you never do. Um, you probably, if you look hard enough, can find clients doing these all over the place, and your own soul searching would probably find you doing some of these things all over the place as well. The point is not which one is the one that you do most or the one that you don't do or that you do the least or any of that. The point is simply noticing that as a human being, we're not going to get rid of fear. All of us have fear routines. We're not going to get rid of the fear, but what we can do is get conscious about fear when it arises and make different choices. One thing that I found most interesting in my research was when I was reading Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, learning that in that cue routine reward cycle, the most powerful place to change a habit is not in the cue and not in the reward, it's in the routine, which I thought was so fascinating and so great to know. And it validated something that I've been trying to say about fear for, oh, you know, 10 10 or so years, which is that that piece about not getting rid of the fear. So often the way we approach changing our habits is trying to make the rewards great enough to motivate us to go after the thing that we want to change, or trying to remove all the cues. So if we use diet terminology, people might try to um, diet by not having any chocolate in the house, if you're into dieting. I'm not, personally. Um, That's a pretty normal sort of way to think about changing something. If I can just get the cue out of my sight, then I won't go into the routine, and then I won't, you know, go into the habituated behavior. But here's the problem. You are never going to disaster-proof your life. There is no getting rid of fear. There is no fearless. There is no kicking fear's ass until it never comes up again. Doesn't happen. It's not possible. You can't get rid of the fear, you can only ever choose to respond to fear with courage. And Charles Duhigg found that the point where you can, you have the most power to change a habit is in the routine and that totally lines up with the idea that you're never going to get rid of fear, but you absolutely can consciously choose courageous behaviors instead. So what are those courageous behaviors? Well, the research was pretty clear about a lot of those, too. I found ample research to support the idea that there are four things in particular that when you practice them, you become more emotionally resilient in the face of stress, more courageous, even if you encounter fear or stress or self-doubt. Those four things, you you can pick just one of them to work on and I would absolutely say that The Courage Habit is a great book to work on with a client if you'd like to have something to work on sort of in tandem with them. Um, But the four particular habits that you yourself would want to cultivate or ask a client to work on cultivating would be these. One, access the body. Two, listen without attachment to what your fear is saying you know, instead of trying to ignore it. Three, reframe limiting stories. And four, reach out and create community. So accessing the body is all about this. Fear isn't logical. You're never going to logic your way through the fear that comes up when you're going after a big dream. Fear is primal. It happens in the body, so you got to deal with it in the body. Now, a lot of people think accessing the body is only about, like, meditation, and it can be, but it can also be about things like conscious crying, like knowing that you're feeling really emotional and just creating some space to cry it out, or dance, or finding some other body-based way of tapping into your pleasure and your happiness. Listening without attachment is all about hearing what the fear says. So instead of trying to avoid your fear or do it all perfectly to please your fear into not coming up or attacking your fear, that's the whole kick fear's ass, you know, tell it to shut up, you know, that kind of response to fear. Instead of doing those things, you listen, but without getting attached. Listen, but without believing that what the fear is telling you is true. And when you listen without attachment, it's important to then do what's called reframing limiting stories or internal narratives. Reframing limiting stories has a lot of research based in coming out of, um, ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy, of course, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavior therapy, narrative therapy. There are a lot of different modalities where reframing a limiting story or a limiting beliefs that you have is part of how you get stronger and more resilient. And exercises for how to do that Um, are something that I go into in a lot of depth in the Courage Habit book because really getting to the bottom of an inner critic voice and having some way to hear what that critic or that fear or that voice of self-doubt is saying and not be attached but then do something with it is at the heart of reframing limiting stories. And last, creating courageous habits has a lot to do with reaching out and creating community. The research into pro-social behaviors or behaviors that enhance your relationships, that enhance your sociability, it's it's like if you want to live a long and happy life, you can quit smoking and you can exercise every day. But over and over and over, the research is going to show that having strong social relationships is a huge benefit for your happiness and your sense of emotional well-being. And I absolutely think that that is part of living a courageous life as well. Fear thrives in isolation. And it diminishes in community. And we need people in our networks, in our communities, who are helping us to recognize when we're getting stuck in our own loops. And then to offer ideas and insight and new ways of thinking about how to step out of that. So again, the the four pieces of the courage habit process are access the body, listen without attachment, reframe limiting stories, and reach out and create community. So I've given a broad overview of all of this, and I hope that you yourself might think of a couple of habits that you'd really like to shift or some big goals or dreams you'd like to go after, or of course encourage um, some of this work with your clients. Uh, Grab the Courage Habit book, which comes with a lot of downloadable worksheets and some audios and stuff like that, and start seeing what kind of shifting happens when you really do a deep dive into understanding what it is you want and what the fear-based habits are that have been getting you stuck and what the courage-based habits are that can actually move you forward. And speaking of reaching out and creating community, I would so love it if you would join us on Facebook. We're actually, I'm doing my first, oh, so many firsts with this book coming out. I'm doing my first Facebook community um, in a private Facebook group. So if you go onto Facebook and you do a search for Courage Habit, you will find our Facebook group and you can join in. And there are gonna be like local get-togethers. I'll be seeing some people in person. You'll be getting some invites to some virtual stuff. We'll be doing virtual workshops. And of course, you can connect with other people people who are reading The Courage Habit in your area and um, do some book club kind of stuff. Um, I'm so excited about this work and it's been really, really gratifying to see that a lot of this work that we do as coaches has so much basis in um, the habits that we have, the absolute power to shift. That it's not about constantly trying to motivate yourself to be a more courageous person. It's actually about creating structures in your life that really support you in living the the courageous life that I think all of us on this planet were meant to live. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, ah, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C dot com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more so I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.